speaking into the void to find light speaking into the void to find our voices speaking into the void to find courage speaking into the void to find our brilliance speaking into the void to be the best version of ourselves speaking into the void because we can we are back again on another episode of speaking into the what the void hello hello y'all welcome back to another episode of the podcast I hope y'all are doing well. I'm just going to go over it one more time, the schedule for the episode of the podcast for this year, and the schedules are going to go two episodes a month. They drop the following every other Sunday, so it's going to be two episodes for each month. Last, The first episode for the year is already dropped if you want to go check it out, and that episode is just us doing a recap of last year and going through the goals that we're setting for this year, at least this quarter. And how we plan on achieving those goals. So if you missed that episode, please go back and check that episode out. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. This episode is going to be me just plugging y'all onto one of my favorite new series. And hoping y'all enjoy it too and it becomes one of your new favorite series. It's a a Netflix series called Stay Close. Not sure who the director is or the names of the actors and actresses are. But it is set in England. So that helps. It is set in England and it's called Stay Close. Um, I'm not going to give you the quote of the day just yet because it won't make sense until I tell you what this series is about. So the series is about a black couple living in suburbia, English version of suburbia. They have three kids. They've been together for 15 years. The guy has been proposing every year for the 15 years that they've been together and the lady keeps shooting him down. Till finally this year, she says yes. They're planning their wedding and all that good jazz, right? Fast forward. No, backtrack a little bit. The husband doesn't know that the wife has a checkered past. So the wife was a stripper back in the day, but the husband doesn't know, right? Being a stripper, she got caught up with some nefarious people a nefarious person like this guy was abusing her he was kind of like she was taking money from him and stuff like that he would come to the club he was obsessed with her and abusing her this guy ends up being found dead we don't know who kills him i'm not gonna tell y'all who kills him i'm doing a lot of spoilers but i'm not gonna tell y'all who kills him um till the end i'm gonna tell y'all at the end (laughs) um guy ends up dead she knows that the guy is dead And she sees the body and makes a run for it. So that's when she decides to run, change her name, move on with her life, meet this nice, like, chocolate man who is fine, and have these three little babies. Sis really thought that's where it was going to end because she thought she was going to take her secret to the grave. That's not what happened, and that's why the series exists. So given the fact that I gave y'all the gist of it, I'm going to go into more details, but I'm going to give you guys the quote of the day first. And the quote of the day is, three may keep a secret if two of them are dead. Again, I quote, three may keep a secret if two of them are dead, end quote. And this is from Benjamin Franklin, and it was from the sources, the Poor Richard's Almanac. And it was like, y'all know what an almanac is. It's like a little, I don't know, like a pamphlet that would go out each year and kind of like, give you weather updates and like give you little craft ideas it's like our version of a pinterest board pretty much um back in the day so 
So the whole point is secrets always come out. So just watching the series helped me realize like sometimes in life we feel like we can hide things and we're going to get away with them if no one knows. And that's just not realistic because secrets have this weird way of always coming out. Like regardless of if it's just you and your homegirl that went that one night and nobody knows, like I promise you somebody else saw that y'all didn't even clock. So secrets have this weird way of always coming out. Not just someone else seeing, but we tend to tell on ourselves, like our actions telling us, our words telling us, and our behavior telling us. Peep this. After the mom gets away, gets out of that life, nobody knows where she is, nobody's looking for her, sis goes back to the club, starts off a series of chain events. Sis goes back to the club because she said yes to her husband. I guess she kind of had like... You know, what if she kind of just wanted to see her old stomping ground? And you know how that is. Like, you're from somewhere, you've moved on, like, you made it out the trenches. Sometimes you just kind of want to go back and, like, see, like, what that life still looks like. Who's still around? What are they up to? You know, all those little basic things. And so sis did it. Sis went back to the club. And she was noticed. Someone realized that she was there. And because they realized that she was there... This lady decided to concoct a whole scheme to get involved in the girl's life. She was telling her, like, oh, the guy that was murdered, he didn't die. And he came to the club and he's looking for you and you're not safe and your family's not safe. I'm not going to give you all too many of the details, but, like, a whole series of events happens, which leads sis to believe that she's really not safe. And so now she's trying to, like, make old connections, like, link up with old connections to protect herself but the bigger t is oh girl did not know that her 15 year old daughter who is a lot like her decided to follow her mama to the club child she doesn't know her mom was a stripper but she follows her mom to the club and meets this guy slow teenage boy but his dad's rich who tries to spike her drink and her and her friend finds out that he spiked their drink and so that leads to a whole other host of events happening where they lock him in a trunk. I'm going to come back to that. Just remember I said they end up locking him in a trunk, trying to get away from him because the guy was a predator. But I'm going to come back to that. And so why I say her actions had ripple effects, right? She made the choice to leave that life. She made the choice to join that life, period. For whatever circumstances, I'm not judging nobody. People find themselves in certain situations. You do what you got to do. But... Sis thought that when she left, she could just go back and do a little, hey, what's up, the little kiki, and it wouldn't affect her present life. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. Her decision to go back to the club led to her daughter following her, which led to her daughter being a part of a murder. You see what I'm saying? So it's like people don't understand sometimes that, like, our actions don't happen in a vacuum. And I'm trying to, like, spread this to extrapolate this to a real-life situation. Look at this. Boom. You have a kid, right? You're with someone, y'all start a little family, you have a kid, right? You say to yourself like, oh, you don't know. So you, okay, let me go back. You're dating two guys, right? And you get pregnant. You don't know who's kid, who's the baby daddy. And you say to yourself, you know what? I'm just going to give the kid to the nicer guy, the better guy, the one that I feel like would be a better dad, Right? You really don't feel like you're doing harm to anyone because it's like none of them know. It's not going to affect them. They're going to have a wonderful kid. The kid's going to have a wonderful father. Everybody's going to be happy. Right? Wrong. 
what ends up happening is 10, 15 years later, this kid may or may not have some like congenitive disease or something go wrong. Now the so-called daddy is not the daddy and can't provide any medical assistance. Now you got to go back and find the real daddy, which mind you, the real daddy at this point has moved on with his life. He's got his own family, his own kids, his own wife. And so that not only affects the real dad that you had a sexual relationship with and the two people that this like happened between, it doesn't affect just you and the person that smashed. It's now affecting someone else that they met. It's now affecting their kids. It's now affecting your child and your partner and whatever children that you and your partner may have had after that first child. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes we pretend like, oh, if whatever I do, I'm doing it. Like it's not affecting someone else. But in reality, it's like our actions don't happen in a vacuum. So it has ripple effects. What you do will lead to someone else's decision and someone else's decision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You see what I'm saying? But sis didn't think about that, right? And sometimes as parents, I feel like we don't think, like, well, I'm not a parent, but parents don't think about the fact that their children have a lot of their traits or children don't think about the fact that we have a lot of our parents' traits, right? Because the same way the mama was a little bit fast and curious the daughter is, which is normal for most teenagers. Most teenagers are very curious, like, and nosy. And the mother didn't think about the fact that, like, she didn't think of herself at that age and that she had a rebellious spirit to realize that, like, yo, my kid may, she did realize over time as the series progressed, like, oh, this little girl got a lot more of me than I realized. Because the little girl was fast. And if y'all watch, I don't even like saying the word fast because, like, it has a lot of negative connotations. But the little girl was extremely curious, which is to be expected for any 15-year-old. But she was curious and slow. Like, I'm so sorry. If this is your favorite character in this series, bless your heart. But Sis was slow because it's, like, everything happens. Her and her friend are trying to pretend like nothing happened, right? And then... She's over here calling her mom all types of names, running away, da-da-da-da, then gets kidnapped, and when she gets kidnapped, they're about to kill her. The first thing first, she comes into her room and realizes there's a random backpack in her room. Knowing everything that had happened previously, like I said, I'm trying not to give away too much of the series, sis don't run. Like, sis is like, who is it? Where did it come from? Like, girl, me and my black instincts, like, I'm running. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care. I'm running. I'd rather run and then ask questions later. But no, sis was like, what happened? Whose is it? Like, asking all these questions. Like, now is not the time for questions. Now is the time to run. It's like that situation where you just see people running and you start running. And as you're running, you're like, what happened? What happened? What happened? Once you make it to a safe destination, she had the instinct. And it was pretty sad, but she had the instinct. But it leads me to point number two. Um, your actions can not only like, well, it's a subpart, it's A point B, subsection B. Your actions can lead to other actions. Because the mom went to the club and because the daughter had to put the guy in the trunk, they were not a gas, right? When they were not a gas, the daughter ends up having to call the dad to come help her. The dad realizes that the boy, the boy's missing. And his car is the same car that he had to come get his daughter from. Him not, he could have just asked his daughter what happened. He didn't ask her what happened. He takes it upon himself to put roll the car into a river, not knowing that the boy is in the trunk. 
So the mom's one action of running away leads to going back to the club, leads to the daughter going to the club, meeting this predator, which leads to her having to defend herself and put the guy in the trunk, which leads to the dad committed murder. We don't even know what's going to happen in season two because now the mom knows that the dad committed murder. But nobody else knows. So now she got two secrets. And that's the thing. Secrets breed secrets. When you have one secret, I promise you, in order to protect that first secret, you're going to have to lie. And those lies breed more secrets. So instead of just having one secret, now you got ten secrets. Which is really sad. But it's what happened. Moving on to my second point. Pain changes people. As you're watching the series, like you'll realize... A lot of the people in there, like, made certain actions. So I'm going to talk about, like, the cop. Well, before I even talk about the cop, let me scale back. I noticed something in the series that I feel like, again, I'm going to extrapolate to our society. Sex work is not, not these days being glamorized. I feel like back in the day, people were shamed for sex work. And I don't think I, I don't support that. I don't support people being shamed for doing what they have to do. But I feel like in now, today's society sex work has been glamorized when i'm on my for you page on tiktoks seeing people talk about oh i'm a 304 and if you don't know what a 304 is i guess it's like an area code or some penal code for prostitute i'm not sure exactly but it's a code for saying that you're a prostitute or people are like oh i'm a stripper and i'm glad to be a stripper and i want to grow not not like oh circumstances led me to being a stripper like you got 17 year olds saying oh when i grow up i want to be a stripper aspiring to being a stripper which at the end of the day you can aspire to whatever you want to that's not for me to decide that's for you to decide right but you have these little kids aspiring to be strippers and prostitutes and feeling like this is a career when in reality it's like you're selling yourself and putting yourself in a very dangerous situation. And that's the thing I don't like because they talk about the OnlyFans and they talk about, oh, making money and you make bread and you're a bad bitch. But nobody tells you that, like, you're putting yourself in very dangerous situations, like not just a physical risk to your body, because that's obvious. Like someone may hurt you. They may rape you. They may assault you. They may beat the shit out of you. Like that is a risk, but not just that, like the mental aspect of it, of like what that does to you. Because if you're putting yourself in those situations, like you're always on high alert in order to stay safe, you always have to be on high alert. And nobody talks about like, what that does to your mental state. Also, treating your body like it's very transactional and something that has a price tag attached to it that you can give and share for a certain value. Like, how does that impact you in regular, quote-unquote, vanilla relationships? Like, how is that... I feel like over time, that is going to impact the way that you feel about yourself and how you feel about sex in general and the way that you will treat sex. So, like, and you meet someone who wants to settle down and be with you and be your life partner, it's going to be very hard for you to distinguish between that and the business aspect of it, right? It also tarnishes your, excuse me, it also tarnishes your relationship, your reputation, so that there are certain fields and certain industries that you will never be able to get into. Yeah, it's cute when you're 18 through 23, But what about when you get older? For some people, I'm not saying everybody wants to go straight and work a nine to five or get into an industry, but some people will. And I feel like they don't talk about that part when like when your nudes are on the Internet and certain companies or brands will not work with you because your public persona just does not match up with theirs. And your public persona may change over time. That may not be who you are anymore. You don't want to be that person anymore. 
But like you made this decision at like 18 or 19 and now you have to live with it. And so I really don't like that, that we are glamorizing sex work without telling people the truth about the pitfalls of sex work. And that's exactly what happened to this lady. She met this man. He had bank. He was giving her money. Everything was cool and kiki when he was coming to the club and giving her money. When he started beating the shit out of her and wanting to control her, it wasn't okay. See what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it's right for him to ever put his hands on her, but it got dicey when he started hitting her because now she's realizing, like, I signed up for the money and the gifts. I didn't sign up for my ass can be. But the thing is, when you signed the contract, you didn't realize what was in the fine print. And that's the problem. When people are telling people to do sex work, like, they're not telling you what's in the fine print. Okay? But moving on, like I was saying, pain changes people. Her dealing with that man beating on her and treating her the way that he treated her made her make a series of decisions. Like, she hit survival mode, and it was like, I got to go. I don't care that when I leave, I'm with someone. She was in a relationship with someone else, and this person may be hurt. I don't care that I've made connections here, and these people are going to wonder about what happened to me. The, she was experiencing that trauma, and she was just like, I got to get out. I need to be somewhere else, anywhere else but here. Not only that, we fast forward and we realize that the person that owned the strip club is the killer. Spoiler alert, she's the killer. It's a little old lady with the redhead. She's the killer. And she killed this, her, and again, ripple effects. All these people that died were pieces of shit. They were predators and deserved, I'm not going to say they deserved to die, but their death was justifiable, air quotes. But if her husband hadn't been beating her like 25 years before, beating her to the point where she miscarried, she would have never became the person that she was where she had to kill her husband and kill all these subsequent men. And it's not just the guy that was assaulting the stripper that she kills. She kills several men over a period of time, right? But not only that, like, pain changes people because we find that this officer, the main officer, the central officer that's investigating the case, him and his ex-wife are partners, right? And he's so attached to the case that he keeps getting involved with the women involved in the case. So, like, boom. He's supposed to be the detective, the impartial party. And he's sleeping with the guy that goes missing. So, the guy that was beating on the stripper... They, he's, his case is a missing case. So they don't know, at this point, at the start of the series, they don't know that he's dead. He's presumed missing. Right? So he had a wife and two sons. Why is the detective smashing his wife? Like when the case first started, he was sleeping with the wife. Right? Fast forward a couple years later, he was sleeping with um, the owner of the club. So it's like he has this habit of getting involved with these women that are attached to the case, which I find interesting because when the case first started, he was going through a divorce, okay? And in my mind, I feel like he keeps getting attached to these women because he feels like if he can solve the case, it'll give him some closure towards his marriage because him and his ex-wife are still partners, in terms of work partners, but they have this quasi relationship where like, so example, someone in one of the scenes asked him like, does he have children? And he's like, no, my ex-wife didn't want children. And then she says, well, that's not true. I wanted children, just not with you. 
And so he's being exposed to his trauma every single day by being partners with his ex-wife. And I feel like a lot of us do that in life. Like we feel like we can be cool with our ex and we can kick it with our ex and not realizing that every time you interact with this person, like you're reopening yourself to like that pain that you experienced the first time because sometimes you're not fully healed from it, but you want to be so evolved and you want to be the bigger person and you want to be whole that you keep like, oh, you're like, oh, I can be friends with them. I can be friends with them. But it's not really that you want to be friends with them. You just want a part of them in your life at all cost. And not realizing you're doing more damage to yourself than healing. Right? So he first is sleeping with the missing guy's wife, which is the abuser. He's sleeping with his wife first. Fast forward a couple years later. Now he's sleeping with the owner of the strip club. Right? Which was one of the key witnesses in all of this and it's like how do you keep ending up sleeping with these women being with these women being in relationships with these women that are integral to the case it's because he feels like if he can close these cases close this case he it will give him closure about his marriage which is not going to happen but he's lonely and broken and doesn't want to start a real relationship with anyone else and so that's why he first dates the guy's wife the missing guy's wife, because she's still mourning her husband and grieving the loss of her children's father. Yes, she'll sleep with him. Yes, they'll do little cute relationship things, but she is not open and available to be in a relationship. And that's what he wants. He wants someone who's not in a relationship because he doesn't want to be in a relationship. He wants to go through the motions of a relationship, but he doesn't want to really be in a relationship because he's still hung up on his ex-wife, right? She's still hung up on her missing husband. So they're the perfect couple. Fast forward, he ends up with the strip club lady because what? She's dying of cancer. Their relationship already has an expiration date. She's going to die. So he doesn't ever have to fully commit because by the time he would be committing, she'd be dying. And so he gets himself into these relationships that already have expiration dates or that really aren't never going to be fully committed relationships where he has to share himself because of the damage that he experienced from his first relationship with his ex-wife that he's not dealing with and that also clouds his judgment because the killer the redhead is the one he's sleeping with is right there in front of him the whole time but he can't see it because he's having sex with her. He's involved with her. He's not looking at the timeline to realize, wait a minute, this all started to happen when you started coming here. All in all, I'm going to be honest, I felt like the series was fire. I enjoyed it. I'm hoping Netflix gives them a season two. Because for me, it was it was a good little kiki. But it also, like I said, really brought home to me that like secrets do not work. Lying to yourself and believing that, oh, I'm going to keep it a secret and no one will ever know, it doesn't work. Some way, somehow, that secret's going to come out. I was watching this TikTok the other day, sidebar, and this man was snitching on himself. He got Alzheimer's and was snitching on himself, telling his wife that he'd had an affair. He'd lost his cognitive ability to like keep certain things to himself because he's experiencing dementia and all that comes with dementia and did not mean to but literally told on himself the wife took it in stride and still loves her husband and she understands he's sick right now so that's why he's saying that plus what are you going to do being mad about something that happened 20 years ago but it's just my point no matter what how well you keep the secret even if the other two die and no you're the only person that knows you yourself will end up snitching on yourself so 
for this week, this month, rest of the month that y'all got left. Just keep that in mind when you want to do them little sneaky links or keep secrets. Lead with grace. Lead from a pace of honesty, positivity, and character. Because doing anything else, nine times out of ten, will get you screwed. And it creates messes that not only you have to clean up, but people that come way after you have to clean up. That's my two cents. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I know this episode was a little bit different, but I feel like I'm always doing heavy. Always so much heavy stuff. Oh, I'm experiencing this or depression that or which is a part of my life. But like, I don't want y'all to always have to deal with my heavy stuff. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good mood. I want to share good, happy things that happen because if I can share the sad things that happen, I feel like it's only fair to y'all that I share the good things. So on that note, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to get out of here and let y'all enjoy your four-day weekend. Bye. Thank you.